You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about the Word and what the Word says. That is fun. Come on. Come on. Because we know when we read the Word, what does it do? It produces life within us, right? And uh, I was thinking about this morning and really about the family of God. And uh, as we had our our conference, uh, you know, all of our volunteers were just amazing. Thank you guys for just, you know, they're here at six o'clock in the morning and midnight. And and then they're back the next day doing the same thing. So we're, we're so grateful for everyone who volunteered. But the other thing is we had other churches come and help, uh, like Miriam and Josh, like Brittany, like uh, Josh and Linda, you know, they came to help because we had a need and we put out the call and they're like, yes, we're here to support what God is doing in our region and whatever you need, that is what I'll do. And, you know, there's power in the family, right? There's power in the family and God is growing us as a family and we are learning how to be real family to one another. We don't always agree. Yes, we don't always agree. But there is a love that surpasses all knowledge, the love of Jesus that enables us to be family even when we're not in perfect agreement, even when uh, we rub each other the wrong way. There is love that smooths and heals and soothes that irritation uh, so that we can really support each other when we need each other. So that is not what we're going to talk about today. That was the P.S. I just am so overwhelmed by the family. You know, all of the people who came out to speak, they came at their own expense. They just said that, you know, we want to be in Tampa. We want to pour into what Tampa has. We want to be there because you're our family. You're, you know, we love you. We love your people. And they just came. And, And, you know, that's family. That's family. So uh, we are building the family of God strong and we're being healed and we're being one. Amen. So that's my declaration for today. So today I want to talk about one degree. And my girlfriend, Ruth, who was here this weekend, mentioned it. She just mentioned, you know, one degree. And um, when she said it, it like seared on my heart. And it's about when we're one degree off, what can happen? And I did some research, you know, uh, early this morning. Uh, God started talking to me about it yesterday afternoon. And I went to sleep listening to God talk to me about what he wanted to talk about today. And I woke up hearing what God wanted to say today. So I want to talk about one degree and, and us making sure that we're calibrated and not one degree off from the word of God, from the presence of God. So one degree, uh, it, we're going to talk about it in terms of uh, uh, air navigation, because uh, that's the research. They had boat navigation. There's all kinds of navigation on this. But it says that there's a one degree rule 
Did anybody know that? I'm sure some of, uh, I figured Noah might know it, Kevin might know it, but there's a one degree rule. It says that for every one degree a plane veers off course, it misses the target destination by one mile for every 60 minutes you fly. Now that doesn't sound like much, right? It doesn't sound like much. So let me just give you what that looks like because we gotta have we gotta have visuals. So it says after a mile, if you're one degree off, then you'll be off by 92 feet. Well, that, that doesn't sound like a big deal, right? But if you're traveling from San Francisco to LA, you'll be off six miles, so you're gonna miss the airport, right? If you're going from San Francisco to Washington, DC, you'll end up in Baltimore. So one degree. Now think about that, that's one degree. If you are traveling to the moon, you'll miss it by 4,169 miles, being one degree off, one degree. If you're traveling to the nearest star, you'll be off course by 441 billion miles. You're gonna miss it. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say. We might be able to work around 92 feet, but 441 billion, that's going to take some work to make up. But when we think about the word of God and when we're off that one degree, the next thing we know is we are somewhere we shouldn't be. And we're calling it God because we've missed the, the refinement, the, the calibration of God's word in us. And so that's what, that's what we're going to talk about. It's a nice, cheerful, happy, wonderful message. Actually, what it is, is it's a gift. Because we know that when God begins to talk to us about being off, it's the invitation to get back on track. It is the invitation to redirect and correct. You know, we all have our GPS and when we make the wrong turn, what does it say? Rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. That's what God is saying. When we're off, he says, rerouting, rerouting, come back to the word, come back to the understanding. And I want to talk about the word in understanding Genesis to Revelation. We need to understand the big picture. We also need to understand the context of which we are reading we can get a rhema word. We all have scriptures that have risen up and been a rhema word to us. And we can live out of those. We have life verses. My life verse is Isaiah 61. You know, rise and shine. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Deep darkness covers the earth. I love that verse. There's something about it. But it's not something I can develop a doctrine on without having the rest of the word. We've got to understand the heart of God. And we have to understand the intent of God. So we're going to go to Luke 9, and we're going to start in verse 51. Like I said, God loves us. He loves us to love the word. And we've heard this story before, but I want to take it apart a little bit and just talk about context and understanding God's heart. It says, now it came to pass... When the time had come for him, which is Jesus, to be received up, to go through the process of the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, right? So he's heading to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers 
before his face. Now, when you study that out, the indication was those were angelic messengers that he sent ahead. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Now, when you think about that, they did not receive him because he was to go somewhere else. Now, if we think about John 4, when he meets the woman at the well, he was received there. As she encountered him, she found her savior. She found the Messiah, told her whole village and her whole village got saved because they encountered Jesus. But Jesus is on a different journey. He is going to Jerusalem. He has a destiny. He has a timing that has to be met by the Lord. So they did not receive him. And when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, we have an idea. And it's a good one. It is good. If it wasn't good, we wouldn't have pitched it to you, right? So, Lord, do you want us, because we've been given all power and authority by you, so, so we know that we have the capacity to do this, right? So there is confidence in those guys, man. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire? to come down from heaven and consume them. Just as Elijah did. Now we can go back and we're not going to study the story of Elijah. You can go back and read that. But there was, he called the fire down to consume uh, when there was the war against the gods of Baal. And, and he consumed the, the water, the fire. He went and 50 men that were sent to him he called down the fire and they were consumed by the fire. That's what they're referring to. And you can go back and read this. And Jesus says to them, he says, hang on. He turned and rebuked them. And he said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Now they're like, that was a great idea. Those people dishonored you. So we're just going to burn them. I mean, we have some precedent for that, right? We're just going to light them on fire. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So this is what we're going to talk about. Because... Jesus tells us, and, and I'll read the scripture. I'm not even sure I gave this to Noah. Jesus tells us, um, I don't even think I wrote the scripture down. Uh, it says, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Right? He says that John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But John 17 is the one that is not normally quoted. And I'm just going to read that to us. John 3, 17. It 
it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So what is the point of all this? Sometimes we want to help God without knowing the heart of God or the intent of God. We want to call down the fire on people that have come against the word of God when God wants us to love them in to a kingdom that he's prepared for them to receive. And when we go back and look at, we'll we'll go to Acts 8. You can flip there right now. When we look at Acts 8, verse 4, It says, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Is this the same city that we were about to burn? I don't know if it was the exact same city, but just think about this. You know, uh, it says, and multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed were lame and were healed. And there was great joy in the city. There was great joy in the city. So when we think about things in context, we understand that John and James didn't understand where Jesus was taking us. What they understood was the one that they loved was rejected. The one that they loved was blocked. So their response was, we'll take care of that. We'll just annihilate them and get rid of them. And then they won't be able to reject us any longer. That's much easier. (laughs) Let's just get rid of the people that reject us. Let's get rid of the people who talk about us. Let's get rid of the people who condemn us and, and call us names. Much easier. But that is not the heart of God. That is not his intent. His intent is to go after them until they turn. And they have the option to turn until the day they die. And we never know when that Samaria Samaria moment is going to happen with the ones who have accused us because it happened to us. Each one of us went from being Samaria to being kingdom. Each one of us were shifted from that. And that one degree off course, off course from God's heart, from his intent can change the outcome of what God has for us and understanding what the word says in context. I I had someone recently send me a scripture and they said, I want to use it to support something that I'm, I'm teaching. And uh, will this scripture support it? I said, what is it in context of what the word is talking about? So we went through it verse by verse and in context, it had nothing to do with what they were attaching it to. So it would not support that teaching that they were going to do. 
We have to dig deeper into what the word says. We have to know the word of God. We have to understand. And when we look at, at this example, there are things that stopped at the cross. And there are things that went through the cross. When we think about the word of God, we have to understand when we're meshing the old covenant with the new covenant, we have to understand what goes through the cross in the redemption that Christ has made for us. Like it stopped at the cross. Animal sacrifice stopped at the cross. Jesus was sacrificed. He was the last sacrifice. He was the one and only sacrifice that actually paid for the sins of the world. So there is no more animal sacrifice that stopped at the cross. Right? In Deuteronomy, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. That continues through the cross. That didn't stop at the cross. And I know that seems like a simple, a silly example, but we have to understand what carries through. Tithing carries through from Abraham. It still, it still counts. It's still part. It goes through the cross. We have to understand how to contextually divide what God says and where it actually applies so that we're able to stay centered in who he is because when we get one degree off in our lives from the word then our lives is like that airplane trying to get Washington DC and we end up in Baltimore our lives are, are, are on the direction of heaven and we have to stay in that direction so we don't end up somewhere we don't want to be. So uh, one of the things that I was also thinking about, you know, is as we are um, kind of going through this process of, of what's going on in our world, what's going on in, around us is, um, you know, what if we went after Washington, D.C.? And what if in our prayers and our declaration that we start declaring the holiness of God over every government official. What if we started spending our time interceding for our president and our vice president and just declaring God's destiny? You know, part of what we are doing as a people is we call out the golden people. We see the possibility that God sees in them. What if the, the cities that are challenged by sex trade Gambling, the Vegases, the, the Tampas, you know, Tampa, when they have the uh, Super Bowl here, we're one of the largest sex trade places in America, Tampa, right here. We don't see it in, out on the streets when we go to lunch. But what if we start declaring that there is no sex trade trafficking in our region? There's none in our state. You know, we're considered a forerunner state that is supposed to light the fire for the nation. We're considered the wick of God's flame for our nation. So what if instead of calling down the fire on the things that are unrighteous, how about we call down the righteous 
on them. We call down the holiness of God on them. We begin to declare that their hearts are called for more than what they're able to do in their own flesh. And we declare that they will be saved and they will be born again. And we declare that the offenses that they have created toward us will not enter into our hearts because that takes us out of alignment. That takes us one degree off. We know that when there's a fence, we get one degree off. And next thing you know, when we're offended once, we'll be offended again. As long as we hold on to that offense, then there will be multiple offenses that will happen to us and we will be way off. We won't be one degree off. We'll be 10 degrees off. We'll be 30 degrees off. So what if we take everything and reverse the curse that is coming against us by releasing the power of the word over it? And the only way to do that is to hone ourselves in on the word of God. Hone ourselves in on saying, God, I want to know your word. I want to know your heart. I want to know your intent. I want to know how to slice and dice what's happening out in the world and make it holy and make it pure and make it righteous and not come into agreement with the enemy to destroy our cities, which actually is destroying the people within the cities. It's not the physicality of the buildings or the location. It's the people that get destroyed. How about we become the resurrectors of those people's hearts? We may not personally know them. Sometimes it's easier to personally go after someone's salvation that we know, our siblings, our, our parents, our aunts, our uncles, our friends, whatever. But how about we just have a reverse in our hearts that we love so much that we go after them? Not after their actions, but after their calling, after their destiny, after what God has for them. And it may not be how we spend our day and night, but it may be how we reverse our mindset. So when we see that news headline come across, or when we see our neighbor do whatever, instead of being mad and angry and, and let that fill us. We become warriors and an army and we begin to declare that our nation is going to be healed because the salvation of the Lord is coming to our government because everyone in the church is going to rise up in their anointing and be who God has called them to be. That we're going to find our plumb line in the word of God, in the heart of God and in his intent. And that's what we're going to live at. We're not going to have one degree of separation from him. We're not going to let every degree take us a little bit further away from him. We're going to go after the word and we're going to go after God and we are not going to let go until the day we see him face to face. I remember when um, I really started going after the heart of God. I said, God, you got five whole minutes. Seriously, I got to get to work. I'm catching a plane, dropping the kids off, whatever I was doing. Yeah, I was working full time traveling and I was like, God, I can give you five minutes every morning. I didn't bother him. It's five minutes more than he had. <laughs> really? I mean, when you think about it, when our heart says yes to God, 
he'll take our five minutes and he'll make us so hungry for him and so desperate for him that five minutes becomes five hours. And then he'll hold the time for us so those five hours won't make a dent in our day. I have seen God hold the time where I could spend that extra time with him and still get everything done I need to get done and have time to lay on the couch and watch TV. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that is who God is. But it's going after the word, going after his heart, knowing who he is and have him search us, oh God. Is there one degree that I'm off? Have I put something on your word that's not only going to take me to Baltimore, but it's also going to take the people around me to Baltimore with me because we are not only responsible for the word, but we're responsible for the people he surrounds us with. And we all know that we've misinterpreted things with God as we learn, as we grow. He expands our understanding. He helps us to say this isn't quite what that means. We all know we go and we grow. But God will do a quick correction for us, a course correction as we stay in the word and open our hearts up to that course correction. It is that one degree that will take us down a path that will harm us and the ones around us and create division between us and God. You know, he doesn't divide, we divide. Amen? (laughs) I'm laughing because I know that this message, when I was doing it this morning, I know that this message is going to stir up in all of us because that's who we are. We are a people who are hungry for God. And if we have one degree off, we desperately desire for God to correct our course. We aren't a people who are like, oh, whatever, whatever. That was good, but let's go have lunch. We're a people that will take that word in and will chew on it and begin to say, God, Have I been calling down fire when you've got an intent to save? Have I been cursing what's annoying me when you have the intent to bless? Have I been fighting in a place where I should be turning the other cheek, where I should not only give him my cloak, but give him my bag? Correct my course, God. Correct my course. Psalms 119, and I didn't give you this, Noah, but I just want to read this over us. It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart, with everything we are. We seek him. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. We walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently and that my ways were directed to keep your statues. Then I would not be ashamed. 
when I look into your commandments, I will praise you with the uprightness of heart. That is who we are. We are people who are so hungry for the word of God to live in us, through us, and out of us. We're so hungry for his heart and for his intent that we want to be able to read the word and understand his desire on the word. We want to be able to read the word and know how to release the blessings of God over every situation that we encounter. I'm going to tell this story. So it's, it's, uh, we were, my girlfriend was here from New Jersey. She was speaking and, um, we were sitting out on our front porch and, you know, we guys, we live in downtown St. Petersburg and these two young men come, uh, running up our street. They didn't live on our street. They came from a couple blocks away. We could hear them yelling, but we thought they were just running up, running up. And, um, they come up and, and they get in a fight, you know, right at our sidewalk. And one of them is on the other one and he is plummeting him. He is just beating the heck out of him. And I looked up and my mom's instinct, I stood up and I said, knock it off. <laughs> quit it, quit it. And I'm like yelling at him. And that one guy who's beating him up yells, starts yelling back at me. And I'm yelling back at him. And I'm, so, you know, I'm not sure how Christ-like that was, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> really. But, you know, there was a little bit of uh, uncertainty when you're trying to break up a fight and it's pitch black outside. And uh, so Chuck comes out and he's like, Go on. They left. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the father's voice came out. Go on. But while I was laying in bed, I just began to pray over them and declare over them. And I was thinking, God, they are better than that. You have made them better than that. These are young men. They're probably, you know, like teens, maybe 20, but probably like teens. They're better than that. Their ability to resolve conflict is better than beating each other up. So I just began to lay in bed and just to bless them and declare his blessing that they would know him and that they would wake up and say, something in my heart is trembling, that they would encounter the Holy Spirit and just encounter Jesus. And I have just not been able to let that go. And I just keep thinking, God, we need a breakthrough for that young generation. We need a breakthrough for the old generation. We need a breakthrough for the people that you have called by your name. You came to save the lost. We were lost, but now we're found. And we are better than everybody else. We are sent to find the lost for him. God, break their hearts for you. Don't let them be picked up. And I did say, I'm going to call the police because that guy was getting pretty aggressive. He's like, did you call the police? And I'm like, no, but because I don't want them to be arrested, you know, but uh, don't let them spend their youth in jail. Send somebody to work in their way. Obviously I was not it. <laughs> A little nervous, you know, <laughs> I started to go out and slap them, but then I thought, no, don't cross the, don't cross the boundary. Well, you know, you get that, that, that mom in you, and you're just like, you just want to pull them up. They were big guys. I was like, okay, but Chuck took care of it. Go home. Get out of here. Get out of here. But, but, you know, when we think about it and we see that, we just have to break that demonic assignment against them. 
so that we can release the assignment of Jesus for them to rise up and be a breaker for their generation, for the people that they know, just like we are called to rise up and be a breaker for the people we know, for the region that we live in. We are called to be the transformers, not to bring the fire unless it's the holy fire for this generation, for the people that we know. We are called to know the word and know how to release it, to free up the bondage that the enemy has choked us with in this season. Amen? So I want to pray over you. Jean, do you want to, do you have something? Yeah, I want to pray over us because I want us to be that navigation that is not one degree off. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And then I think we're going to do a little personal ministry when we get done. But uh, Jean's going to come up and help me. But I just want to pray over us because uh, first I'm going to say, God, search our hearts. Lord, when you search our heart, we know it is your best for us. When, we, when you search our hearts and we say, God, just see, is there anything in us that is one degree off that's going to take us to a destiny that we don't want to go, that's going to take us to a mindset that will hold us in bondage, that's going to take us to a thought process that will stop the kingdom from moving forward. God, search us. Search us, Jesus. And Lord, I just want to agree with your word that when we follow your precepts, that we will be unashamed, that we will be in that right navigation, that right location with you, that we won't veer to the right or the left, even if it's just nine feet, that we will be in that. uh, I just keep seeing, you know, when you're going straight and you're on course, there's uh, uh, the line in the meter is perfectly straight. God, we want to be in that line, in that meter where we are perfectly straight with you, perfectly on that plumb line with you. So Lord, I'm asking you as we go through the week, as we read your word, as we seek your heart, that you will help us redefine and understand the things that we might have misunderstood the things that we might have called you, but it wasn't you. Just like James and John, they, they, they called to protect you, but they were actually interfering with you. So Lord, we don't want to interfere. We want to be uh, a vessel in your hand. So God, we're just asking you search us. Show us as we read through the word, clarify it, find us people that we can sharpen with one another. Let iron sharpen iron in the body, Lord, that we will be sharp and concise and clear in what you've called us to do. And God, I just thank you of a, a, there's really a yes and amen in this season that as we seek you, we will find you. And, and as we call out to you, you will answer us and that we're agreeing with you for the harvest that is at hand. We aren't waiting for it. It's here. And we're agreeing with you to be a a sickle in your hand to bring in the hearts of men that you have called to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. During the praise and worship this morning, I was uh, uh, just reminded of something. Uh, 
recently I went and had uh, new tires put on my car, and in the in the service advisor told me says, "Listen, we need we need to go ahead and do an alignment," and I, and you know I wasn't prepared to pay an extra you know, $70 for an alignment, but I'm like, okay. And, 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 but I know the value of that is because you don't want to just, you know, you invest in new tires and you don't want them wearing out on you, you know, within a year. So th this was what was coming back to me. And uh, I know there was a mention earlier in the uh, service today about God aligning our hearts with him. We heard a lot this weekend uh, during the conference about, uh, about uh, being in the first chair. I'm not going to get into all that idea. Did, but basically, what it is is talking about was uh, uh, living out of that place of uh, of our place in Christ and, and resting in Him, and our, our, our you know living out of that uh, that ascension place with Him, and in resting in in that. And what happens is that, and as we were talking about getting one degree off, one degree off can wear out your tires. I'm just telling you, if you know if, if those thoughts that come against you, where where suddenly you're feeling, uh, maybe you're feeling condemned, or you're feeling angry with someone, or you feel like you're being mistreated, or you feel like you're being rejected, or you feel like you're being misunderstood, or you don't feel like you're being appreciated, and you start to think on that, next thing you know, you take a step, you, you take a step that direction, and it's just a step off, or you react, and it's a bunch of steps off, whatever the case may be. And this is what I'm hearing: is that a lot of us we're wearing out, we're wearing out, we're wearing out we're wearing out because because we've gotten out of alignment it's not legalism it's not anything like that it's just it's it's actually just resting in our identity in him resting in that grace that he has called us to, to, to live in so that so that uh, uh, when, when we get pulled one way or the other we hit that bump in the road if you will we hit that uh, uh, we hit that chuck hole or we hit that uh, speed bump and, and the next thing we you know know that the it, alignments off just a little bit where we just pull right back in hallelujah God doesn't want you wearing out he doesn't want you wearing out he, does, he, he his 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 yoke is easy and his burden is light he want, he, he wants you to rest in him and he wants you to live out of that place of ascension with him hallelujah amen Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, my sister right here, would you would you come? Yes, you. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Met you out in the parking lot the other day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you were you were you were recovering from Highway 19. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This has been a, this has been a very uh, key weekend for you. And, uh, and, and there's some things that God has been doing for you this weekend that, that you don't even realize yet. But you're going to see the fruit of it. Mm -hmm. Because I see God is, 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 is actually setting some things in order for you. And, 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 and uh, in, as we were even talking about aligning, I just see some alignment taking place for you. Uh, yeah. And so I just really uh, see that, 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 that there's, a, there's a shift going on for you. And, and, uh, and in, the, in the days and weeks to come, you're going to find yourself thinking differently about some things. And and uh, it, it's not it's not that your thinking was that far off. It just it's just a bigger picture that God that, that God is doing for you. I just see Him raising you up. I mean, you've been you've been seeing kind of with your, with your feet on the ground uh, and looking around, and you have one perspective. But then all of a sudden, it's like there's a satellite view. 
I just saw this thing like Google Maps. You know, I saw your neighborhood. I saw your I saw your house, but then I saw your neighborhood. Then I saw the city, and I just saw the whole region uh, where where you were. And and God says, I'm going to cause you to see things from a higher level. And and uh, it is going to it's going to change the way you operate. It's going to change the way you do some things. Uh, they're they're literally uh, it's uh, uh, you're seeing things from the throne, and and uh, not being being hindered and in the weeds with all the stuff that that is around you that looks so overwhelming. But as you see from a higher level, then you'll see where I'm taking you, and you'll see how you'll and you'll even understand the things. That, that were uh, uh, buffeting you, those things that were hindering you, all of a sudden you're going to realize they're not as big as you thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. The bullies don't look as bad anymore. Glory to God. So just know and understand, I'm bringing, I'm bringing you up in your understanding and in your comprehension, and, in yeah. the, and as a result, you're going to walk in peace, and you're going to walk with a new freedom in the name of Jesus. Okay. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I was just going to say, I kept seeing the Lord say, don't be afraid to let go of uh, what you've known. Don't be afraid to let go. Yeah, that, the safe zone, yes, because God is, uh, God is going to move you into a different direction. And my, my word for this season has been, uh, and I'll say it to everybody, don't be like Lot's wife and look back and turn into that pillar of salt. Be like a God's eyes and look forward and he will take you. Let go of the things of the past so he can move you on to the future. Amen? Amen. So I have a word for Sadie. You want to come up? Yep. So the word I kept seeing while you were back there, as I kept seeing, is that God has a call for you to draw in people to him. That he has given you that ability not to uh, twist their arms, but to, uh, um, I want to use the word lure, but sometimes lure in the American way. But it's just like to knit their hearts, begin to call their hearts forward, begin to show them the other possibilities around them than the direction they're going. And what I keep seeing is that there are people that are harming themselves and that, that you have that voice to uh, help redirect the pain into the, the, the love of Jesus for them. And I feel like God has given you such a tenderness inside of you that when you see people, you tend to pour out that tenderness over them. And uh, I just want to pray over you because I feel like it is a, a, it's a hard call at times because you see the pain of others. But, but Jesus says that, you know, his, his lie, his yoke is easy and that he will guide you and protect you in this calling that he has for you. And he won't allow you to go into their life. He's calling you to draw them out into yours so that they can encounter the love and the wonder of Jesus like you have. 
Do you have anything else? Yeah, just further, too. And, and part of what's going to draw people in is they're going to sense like a different atmosphere around you. Uh, you've uh, uh, One of the things that God uh, is, is doing in your life is, is, to, is he's going to begin to teach you how to walk in such a way that you're not stressed out all the time. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, there's a there's and, mom and, receives that word. Uh, yeah, and 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 the root of your stress is that some of the things that you've been dwelling on, some of the things you've been thinking, and 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 some of it too is that you buy into the stress of, of some of your friends. Okay, you let their drama become your drama, and God says their drama is not your drama. So the the uh, uh, and 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 it's even it, uh, you're not a drama queen. No. You are not that. That is not your identity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, Isaiah says that, that, that he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And I just see God is going to be teaching you that. And the atmosphere around you is going to change. And they literally, when people come within six feet of you, they're going to feel the kingdom. Right. They won't even know what it is, but it's just like all of a sudden they feel safe. It's just like all of a sudden, and man, they just drop their guard. It's just like all of a sudden, it's just like, thank goodness I'm here. Thank goodness you're here. Amen. So uh, uh, you're an atmosphere changer, but God wants to change the atmosphere in you. So, Father, yeah. I just thank you for that peace, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father God, that you'll that you'll teach her how to protect that peace and how to guard that, Father God, and and walk in the in the in in the in the just the the shalom Mm -hmm. of the kingdom. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, and guys, I just want you to stretch your hands out toward her because she represents. How old are you now? Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so she represents. Who God is raising up to be transformers and reformers for the kingdom. That's what she represents. So, Father, we just thank you for Sadie. We thank you for the representation of of what your eye is on, where the oil is in in the high schools, uh, in the colleges, Lord. And, God, we just thank you for uh, that she will go forth just like Joshua did. He learned at a very young age to sit in your presence. Even when the others had moved on, he stayed with you, God. So, so Lord, just thank you. And I just pray that you'll open up her eyes to see, to see you, to encounter you, to have those tangible building ups and the understanding of the word, the revelation of the word for her to release out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you got anything? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to go ahead and release that financial word over us because I feel like there's, you know, we released a financial word and a financial Fulfillment was given. I don't know. I can't even think of what it's called. What's it called? You know, like a, a yes and amen or something. I don't know. But I feel like God is shifting finances for us because he needs us to be able to multiply for the kingdom through us. You know, his financial gifts, his financial increase is for purpose. And, and he has people of purpose in this house that are watching online, that are part of our web church. We are people of purpose. And we are people who are devoted and dedicated to the kingdom being moved forward, the harvest 
occurring and the goodness of God being poured out on our nation and on our world. Amen. So, Father, I just release that financial anointing. I feel like there is, is such a wonder a provision coming our way. And it is going to come in different ways. It's going to come through cash apps. It's going to come through the mail, but it's going to come through something given. What I've seen, the things of value are going to be given to you. And you're going to be like, what am I going to do with this? And the Lord's saying, cash it in. He's saying, invest it. He's saying, distribute it. He's just going to show you exactly what you're supposed to do. And, and Lord, we just break all demonic assignments to, that, to steal our provision, to blind us from seeing what you are sending to us. God, we just break the assignment of, um, of um, carelessness in our spending. Lord, just like your word says, we are good stewards of what you've given us and you will teach us through your word how to save, how to multiply, how to distribute, how to build up. We're building our store houses for the kingdom of God. And Lord, we will use it to move this, this movement forward, this harvest, this outpouring of you forward. So Lord, we just release uh, the financial provision over us. And in some, you will give five talents. Some you'll give 10 talents. Some you'll give a hundred talents. Like the word in Genesis says that Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold in one year's time. So Lord, we're reaping a hundredfold. We're putting a demand on that word. We're declaring it over us that we will reap what we've sold a hundredfold in a 12-month time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.